Unstoppable Kick-Ass Confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Raw and Unscripted with yours truly, Christopher Roush, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of some ages. It's great to be with you here tonight, Tuesday nights, every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I bring you great guests or solo shows where I'm just sitting here talking about inspiration, motivational stuff, education, anything that's going to raise your vibration in order for you to be kick-ass unstoppable. That's what this show is about. That's what I bring every single week. And just as a side note, just want to let you know, this is brought to you by the Speaking to the Heart Podcast Network. And we definitely want you to check out our new Phoenix radio. Go check it out. It's a mixture of radio, music, and also some of our podcasts from the Speaking to the Heart Podcast Network, which I am a proud to be on the network. So uh, uh, just a little information for you there. So, um, yeah. So how's everybody doing tonight? What's going on? Let's, uh, make sure we're, we're chiming in on the comments. We always invite you guys to chime in on the comments, even if it's on the replay, because I go back in there and I can see when you comment in real time compared to what I'm saying. So I can see what you're talking about. And I really dig that stuff. I dig having that connection with you guys to be able to, um, to be able to have this conversation every single week, both here on the Ron and scripted show and as well on the Friday night live show that we do every Friday night at 5 PM. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's my goal every day. And every part of the week is to bring you guys some high energy, some kick-ass, unstoppable mindset stuff to shift your perspective, not to shift your perspective a bunch, but just to get you shifting your perspective just a little bit. So if you take all the posts and all the videos and all the shows that I do and really implement the stuff that we talk about, both myself and my guest, you know, it's pretty incredible what it is that you can achieve in your life. You know, you just start applying these things. You don't think about them. You don't sit there and say, oh, I don't know if I can do it or anything. You just take the bull by the horns. You say, you know what? Chris said it works. I'm going to go ahead and do that. That's what's going to work for me. That is what's going to work for me. So again, if you're getting value out of this, we appreciate you sharing this on social media. If you're getting value out of this, we're actually um, expecting our guest right now. Mark Gassert's supposed to be here. And I think he's having a little bit of a technical difficulty. Um, so let me just check. Um, yeah, technical difficulties. This is a... <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is live. So, you know, this is a good analogy for what happens in life. Sometimes we have expectations for what's going to happen in life. We plan, we prepare, we think everything's going to go fine, but especially this day and age with technology, you can't always depend that technology is going to work either on my side of the interviewing table or on your side as a guest sometimes. So I know you can actually, uh, you can actually, um, understand that we have speaking to the heart in the, in the house right now, talking about this, we're, we're broadcasting live on the speaking to the heart podcast network page. We're super proud of that. We're super excited. Um, but again, you know, when, when life doesn't, when life doesn't go to your expectations, what do you do? What do you do? Do you sit there and say, okay, what's the plan to overcome this? Or do you retreat in your short-term gratifications? Do you get stuck? Do you go back and say, oh, well, see, I knew it wasn't going to work expectations are absolutely massive, you know? So if I had an expectation that I was going to come on this show tonight and everything was going to be perfect, then I'm setting myself up for potential disappointment and also not to be prepared that if something doesn't work. So as a broadcaster, I always keep an arsenal in my, in my brain, in my head, like, okay, if something happens to the, the client, you know, they don't get to their home in time or they don't get to their computer in time, or there's an internet issue or the power's out or their microphone doesn't work. 
I know that I'm prepared to handle what happens next, you know, and that's what we have to do in our lives, especially this time in our life during the taping of this. If you're watching this two years later, we're still going through the COVID-19 situation. It is September. It's actually September 22nd, 2020. So it's 9-22-20. I don't know why that makes a big difference, but um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just crazy. So in your life, what expectations do you have? What expectations do you have for achieving maximum success? What, what expectations do you have for holding yourself accountable? And recently I've really learned with my coaching clients and as well as myself is when you keep a promise to yourself, when you make a promise to yourself and then you keep it, it's really incredible what it is that can happen to the tra trajectory of your success and your happiness and also your confidence. You know, when we think about that, if you made a promise to your mom or you made a promise to your dad or you made a promise to your son or your daughter or your best friend, wouldn't you keep it? Let me ask you that again. If you made a promise to somebody you care about and you love and you absolutely adore, wouldn't you keep your promise? Yes or no? Yes. Not unless you're an asshole and then you might not. But anyways, I know that good people watch this show and I really appreciate that. So again, why would you keep your promises to everybody else, but not keep your promise to yourself? You know, we often discard our own feelings. We often discard our own worth and our own value in place of everybody else because we think everybody else is more important. Our expectation is, oh, if I take care of these people, they're going to take care of me and they're going to give me love and they're going to give me significance. That's a distorted expectation that can really screw you up in life. So, you know, just speaking of expectations, my, my, my take on that, I was just actually coaching some people on it recently. My take on that is always, always, always communicate what your expectations are. Make sure the person that is receiving the information understands that. That is so massively important. It's one thing to say, well, I expected my company to do this and I expected my boss to do this and I expected my husband to do this, all these expectations. But did you communicate to the person to say, hey, listen, this is what I expect. I expect this. Let me give you a list. What's up, Scott? What's up, Shane? Um, you know, what is your expectation? And did you communicate it? Because if you didn't communicate it and you're upset about it, then who's at fault? Who you got to go look in the accountability mirror and go, oh, hey, I'm the, I never told that person that, hey, when I'm really upset, this is what I want. You know, we go into automatic responses when somebody's upset and we think we want to help and fix it. But maybe that person just wants you to listen. You know, my wife is like that. I go into fix it mode. What can I do? And she's like, I just want you to listen. I'm like, okay, cool. Now that you communicated that expectation to me, now I can be a receiver of that. And most times not go into uh, fix it mode. But anyways, uh, we have our guest in the backstage areas in the green room. He's drinking vodka and eating uh, brown M&Ms. We cut the corners off. You should see this guy's rider. He said, okay, I'm going to be on the kick-ass show. He goes, but I have this rider. I need, I need Stoli's vodka and I need uh, M&Ms cut off in each square. So I want square M&Ms. I want them to all be brown and I want them to be dipped in hot fudge and honey. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Ron and Clifton Show, Mr. Mark Kickass Gasser. What's going on, Mark? Good to see hey, you. Hey, what's up, uh, Chris? Sorry about all the technical difficulty I was having here. Must be Peachtree Corners, Georgia. Wasn't real peachy tonight, but uh, just came back from the ball field and all that. But uh, other than that, I'm very grateful to be on your show. Heard a lot about you. You and I have communicated, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Awesome, Mark. Well, I appreciate you being here, and I appreciate actually all your endeavors with uh, with coaching coaching softball, right? Well, no, I, actually, I umpire, so umpire. I do like youth and, and up to high school. So there's a lot of in this illustrious state of Georgia, a lot of uh, baseball to be played yet. So uh, they're getting ready for some more tournaments. So okay, well, good. Yep. 
Well, thank you for being an umpire to the youth because anybody who's involved with the youth and making sure that they're strong and they're and they're working well um, into becoming adulthood, I really appreciate. And I know that you're very passionate. I know you have two sons yourself, right? Yes, sir. I do. Um, one's 19 and one's 23. One graduated. He's going to be working for uh, one of the big three. Uh, he's going to be a certified public accountant, you know. And he's gone through his training, have another one that's in his second year. And uh, he's a quarterback at a college and oh, wow. uh, he's doing rather well in school, too. So proud of him. Good, good. No, I, I've seen what you do and you're a great dad. I see you just you work. You re, uh, recently, you sent me some pictures about you working out. What's that all about? Are you, are you trying to keep up with your boys still? Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to even get into that, Chris, because they kick my you know what all over the place. They have a good chuckle on my behalf, as you can imagine. But uh, yeah, they uh, when we go on our annual jaunt down to St. Petersburg. It's like every day they grind me and, you know, they have a good laugh at my expense, but you know, I do things and try and stay a, as good condition as I can at my age. Hey, I'm glad to be here because <laughs> some of my friends are not here, Chris. They're not you walking on the face of the earth. You're great for 92. I can't even get over well, it. Oh, hell, you know, you're, you know, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> oh, God. No, you're not, you're not that much older than me. I don't think, right. I'm 50. Oh, real? No. Oh, hell no. No. You know, like I can, you, you can probably relate to stuff that happened in the seventies, right? You were there with me, right? I was a kid. Yeah. I was born in 69. Oh, okay, cool. No, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Very cool. No, I remember. I love the seventies. I love the seventies music. I love the seventies vibe. Right. I wish I could have right. got into that free sex and love and, Smoking oh boy, we're not going to go there, are we? <laughs> Mark's message right here. It says Mark's message right there. You have a message. Good evening, Teresa. Good evening, Katie. Good evening, Shane and Scott. Thank you guys all for being here tonight. We appreciate it. We have our special guest here, Mark Gassert with an E. Um, my dumb ass has been screwing up people's last names so much lately. It's it's like the curse oh, of the Patricia okay. Gagnick thing. Who did I just say her name right? Gagich? Scott, did I just say her name right? I've been working on it. But anyways, um, hey, so like I was saying in the intro, Mark, I was talking about the fact that during the taping of this, so we're going through COVID-19. And sure. one of my questions that I've been asking my guests is a very interesting one and a very dynamic one. How are you and your family? How have you and your family been doing through this? We're already you know, literally six months, literally since March that this has been going on. How has this impacted you and your family? And, and what, what lessons have you learned so far during this time? Man, that is a powerful question. Um, I think it's taught all of us here in the Gassard household, uh, how to adapt, improvise, and overcome. My wife has turned our total, our downstairs into a learning lab. She's a teacher. So she teaches third and fourth graders, public school. And um, we've ha had to kind of learn to get out of each other's way during the day. You know, you're not used to that. You're around each other 24-7. So uh, we take walks. We talk. Uh, we try not to scream at one another now and then, or she'll come in here and tell me to shut the door when I'm on the phone talking to a customer. And I forget sometimes that she's doing her thing. Uh, my sons, uh, you know, as far as Teddy, he's he's at college right now. So like I said, they're waiting to find out. They're going to play probably five games. They're getting ready to get into their uh, spring season, which will give him another year of eligibility. But when he we took him up there, 
uh, we followed him and helped him unload. He had to take they, just, they had to take his temperature and get tested and all that other fun stuff and you know COVID and there's things do's and don'ts and all that other neat stuff and a lot of courses online, virtual that type of thing. So mm -hmm. uh, so far, knock on wood, so good. Uh, as far as me, you know, I'm doing fine. Uh, I I think COVID's real, Chris, but I think you can you know get a little crazy with it. I mean, I umpire games and they want you to wear a mask under a mask, <laughs> uh, but the players don't. And, you know, I often like step back and, you know, I was thinking about it the, on Sunday night and I was like, you know, what's wrong with this picture? The, the, the players aren't wearing a mask, but yet me and my partner are. And I guess it's to make people feel better or make it look good. You know, uh, even in the professional ranks, what they do, it, it's, it's kind of amazing. And, I don't know how you feel about COVID. Yes, I think it's real, um, but I think people take it to the nth degree. You know, they're a little overcautious. I mean, I see people the other day driving in a car with a mask on. I'm like, <laughs> come on, it, it's just you. They were going to a bank, dude. Yeah. Okay. Is that what it is? Yeah. So you know, and and I, you know, I believe in taking care of yourself, absolutely. Oh, yeah. But uh, I think some sometimes we elevate things to in our imagination gets the better of us. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I totally understand what you're saying. That's been the interesting aspect of the dynamic over the last six months is the difference of opinions and the difference of levels of trust in organizations that we used to actually trust at, and respect the high right. regard of, of what was going on. But my point was more of, you know, has COVID made you stronger or weaker or are you still the same going through it? Mentally I think it's made me stronger uh, as an individual. I mean, I'm thankful to be here. I guess it's the gratitude thing. I'm very grateful. I know some people that have contracted it. They're fine now. Uh, some are within my family, thank goodness. But I'm just grateful that I haven't been exposed to it. And, you know, I've, I've you know, implemented safe practices. I wear a mask when I'm supposed to. I'm not an idiot about it, you know, anything like that. I'm, I'm not bulletproof 21 and bulletproof like I used to be. Yeah, there you go. Show those guns. And uh, yeah, there they are, man. I'm working. So, I'm doing my push-ups and my, my barbells. I hear you. And, yeah. and, you know, been doing that as well, but it's given me more time to reflect and look back at things and be very appreciative of what I do have now and laugh now at some of the trials and tribulations I went through because this is very serious. I mean, obviously, right. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I listen to my wife who's educating third graders and they're using whether it's zoom or Microsoft teams and listening to these little voices. Uh, it, it, it's really a challenge for my wife, Gina, uh, she does a great job. She doesn't have the behavioral issues, but now you've got all the technologically minded issues and making sure parents and students are on the same page. Oh yeah. That's gotta be fun in and of itself. I don't, I don't, I don't envy that, but uh, you kind of gave me a great segue, Mark, because I know your backstory and I know that there was a period of time where you did go through some, some, uh, some struggles and some, and some downtimes. I'd like for you to talk about that and, and share with the listeners and the viewers what that story was about, because I find it amazing. I'm really intrigued. My wife was asking me, she goes, what's your show about tonight? And I said, my show really, I said, I have a different, a couple of different aspects that I can go with it. I said, but I'm going to go with the fact of you know, sometimes we get to the to the middle of our journey and we have to reinvent ourselves or something yes. happens. 
you know, for example, I know 2008, 2009, you know, a lot of people were turned upside down and they had such situations that are going on. And I'm just fascinated with your tenacity of sitting there saying, okay, you know, starting off in music and then, you know, transferring into sales and, and then having to reinvent yourself. And now what you're doing online, I mean, it's like, it's so inspiring because so many people get to the middle of their journey and just go, okay, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and kick back or it's not worth the work. It's not worth the fight, but I see you in the gym with your sons. I see you out there doing your, your podcast every single day and having great guests on there. You're bringing value to the, to the publics, but talk to us about those times where you had to really like reinvent yourself and you were down and you were looking in the mud. And oh, wow. Um, should I go back to 2008, 2009 and just kind of segue into it? Is that sure. what you want to hear? Sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that was probably a low part of my life. Uh, I went from up here. <laughs> I was in the uh, trade show industry and you name the city. I traveled to it, had an expense account, made a few pennies uh, and was doing rather well. And um, I'll just let you know, I think I could have been more judicious at looking at various revenue streams and being better prepared. Not that I wasn't, but I didn't realize the long haul I would have to go through from 2008-9, how many years, not year or years, it would take for me to, uh, I'd work somewhere and, you know, after 20 plus years in the trade show biz, you know, you kind of get a big head because, you know, I was doing rather well and did some cool, pretty cool shows and some were political, some were on the Democratic side, some on the Republican side. That's all I'm going to say. And got to meet some very unique individuals. And then my world came crashing down and it was like it was taken from me. And then, you know, you try to get back. And, yeah. and it, no. And, and the man upstairs was trying to talk to me because I would maybe, hey, I'll go interview for this company or maybe over here for the competition. And he just said, no, this is done. It's time to move on. And That's so funny. the struggles I went through, and I'll tell your audience, I sold lawn care. It sucked. Uh, I broke down one night. I'm not embarrassed to tell you this. And by the way, I think real men I listened to the other night are made of steel and velvet. And if you don't know what that means, you need to go research it. Because a real man has emotions and he treats particularly children and women with dignity and respect, you know, and that's, that's a real man. Yes. Um, and a real man accepts responsibilities. Um, and my father instilled that work ethic. He was a steel worker and a retired sergeant major. So the Gassard household would always run full throttle. But getting back to my story when that was taken from me, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do, Chris. And I just kind of, man, I was trying to find myself. And I'd interview for jobs. I'd meet people like you. I'd met people that had PhDs for these stupid, excuse me, piss-ass sales jobs. And I'm like, man, you're you're a chemist and you're applying for this. And he worked for Frito-Lay, but they were relocating and he wasn't part of it. And I realized this was bigger than me. And, and uh but one night when I was riding home uh, and I would communicate with my dad just about every night back then, I just broke down and pulled off the side of the road and just screamed in the car and said, why is this happening to me? What did I do to offend you? What, why, God? Why me? What is the lesson here? What, what are you trying to tell me? What did I do wrong? Who did I hurt? You know, and uh, I took it personal and then. I thought about it and then I just kind of said, okay, if this is, these are the cards I'm dealt, 
and I have a family and I, you know, I got to like sit down and really figure out what I'm going to do, you know? And I did various things. You know, like I said, I sold lawn care. I, I helped my son who had, was trying to do some fundraising and I even helped him. He, he was cut mowing lawns. I helped him as well. I did the edging. So uh, there was various things I did. What hurt me more than the, than for me personally was to see my sons watch me go through this and I could see it was bugging them. And there were things I couldn't give them, Chris, you know what I'm trying to say? And some of them were financial. And at that time, one, my oldest was getting into high school and playing sports and, you know, and all this and that. And Gina and I just really had to watch the pennies, man. And that's all I can tell you. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. fun. And, you know, one thing led to the next and, you know, and I did this job, that job, and I networked and I got to meet different people. I wish I would have met you sooner. I wish (laughs) I would have met Ken Wall sooner, but that wasn't to be yet because that was 11 years ago. It's all part part of the journey, man. I mean, it all happens for you You and not to you. But one of of the questions I have for you is, is in going through that, when you talked about having that, that, that profile and having that stature within that industry, which I could totally understand after leaving my, my career job for 26 years last November, I knew I was going to be upset and I knew I was going to be frustrated and go through the average range of emotions, but I did not realize how tied to my identity of being a leader was and being a director and, and having right. you know, those responsibilities. And all of a sudden the next day, like they don't need me anymore. I mean, trying to, trying to struggle and figure out, okay, I was a combination of being the, the corporate guy and the speaker guy. And now I'm just like, okay, do I become a corporate guy and still stay a speaker guy? Or do I transition? What did that go? What was that like for you? Having, you know, having to be, you know, essentially humbled in a way. I mean, was that, was that an opportunity? Oh, no, you are absolutely correct. That's the word humility, being humble. So then I figured out, okay, it's up to me now to make things happen. So I'm going to have to eat some humble pie. And, you know, I often say, be humble, be hungry, be helpful. And that's the approach I took. Lack of income. It was embarrassing. Dealing with embarrassment. I started to get over that. I worked out of it. Worrying about what other people would think. You know, at first, Gina and I thought, you know, we worried about that, comparing ourselves to others. And I stopped doing that and kind of fighting the devil within, so to speak. And that negative self-talk, you're just, you're not good enough. You're too old. You can't do this. You know, you you got a face for radio. And and I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding about all this. And not, not really, but I'm putting it in context. And then I said, you know, why not me? Why can't I move on and do things that other people are doing and yes. learning how to pivot? And, uh, you know, and that's that's when I realized, hey, you are good enough and, and it, be accountable. I'd look in the mirror and say, you created this problem. My grandfather had a saying. And the saying is most problems that you encounter, you create yourself. And I did understand that as a child, but my dad kind of reiterated that. And it does make sense. I know my wife sometimes hates when I say that, but it's true. If you have a financial problem, look at it. You created it. Right. What what got you? What got you through? You were saying we got through the embarrassment. We got through the reject. How did you go through that process? What was that mental process like? Did you have a coach or an accountability partner? Or was I didn't. New? I mean, I probably yeah. should have. I was running willy nilly. I'll tell you what, though, I did do. I read, 
uh, I watch things on YouTube like like this, similar to this. Um, I stayed plugged in to positive minded people. Um, you'll laugh. I, I read like Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, a $295 book I had and put it on the back burner. See, all those tools that I had at one time, I felt like I didn't need, uh, you know, and how to become a better person and how to adapt, improvise, overcome on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, those are just words, but when you go through it, it's a different deal. And I have a lot of compassion for people now that struggle. I'm not saying I'm going to just give you things. I'll give you a hand up or I'll help you help yourself. But right. I know what that's like. And I guess one day, you know, and my dad knew what I was going through. And he called me and said, man, you sound tired. And because I was doing a lot of things, Chris, I, I don't even want to think about it. I mean, yeah, it was I'm more sure. than one job. I was. <laughs> I, I did, That's good. That's unsecurable, man. That's what I love. That's why I wanted you on the show is to be able to tell people so right. many people, Mark, and you know this, so many people are like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm like, how many jobs do you have? One? I'm like, <laughs> I have as many as four. I mean, right. you, you sleep when you're dead. You 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 drink coffee. You, Amen. You, you go do Amen. whatever you got to do. That's what, that's what makes people unstoppable. That's what gives you that grit and that swagger and that confidence. Like, okay, I went through all that shit back in 2008, 2009. Bring COVID on, bring whatever else. I got right. this. I got this right. because I've already, I've already, I've already right. made those skills and those tools. Right. Like you said. No, you're correct. Mm -hmm. And, and, and with that, like when I, I worked Atlanta Falcons games as security, that, which was like a whopping, what, $12 an hour job. I did Georgia tech games. Um, you know, I started umpiring on a regular basis. You know, I was selling lawn care. Like I told you, then I sold electrical supplies I mean, I don't want to go through everything. And those were temporary stops. I knew these weren't jobs or careers or whatever, you know, like this wasn't my place I wanted to get to, but I had to go through that crap to survive. And I said, okay, we're in survival mode. I'm not going to complain about this because I found out what you just said. There were people doing the same thing as me uh, that were hungry enough and, uh, there was a bunch of what I called us older dogs. So mm -hmm. when I hear kids today, like my son, both of them, and I tell them, you got the world by the tail. You got your health. You got the internet. There is nothing you cannot do. That's right. I mean, you could be right. supremely successful with that. Yeah. I mean, just an iPhone alone and re realize though, that the iPhone is meant to use it as a phone too. Uh, that generation has a problem with that's a, that's a joke. But um, the thing works as a phone. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> Serena says, yes, resilience builds us and prepares us for uncertainty. Serena right. would have no idea what she's talking about. What's this? I'm now, sure right? Serena went through some of this crap, too. You know, oh, Serena, Serena's. I mean, I mean, that's what I love about doing this show and being able to meet so many amazing individuals like yourself, like Serena, like just so many people we've had on the show is because it's inspiring. And let me, let me just ask you this question. Are you any different than anybody else, Mark? Hell no, I'm not. I mean, I am now, but I mean, mentally, uh, you are not going to rock my world. Uh, I talked to all sorts of people on the phone, Chris, anywhere from a CEO to a CFO. And when they start, give me that swag thing with their title, I'll say, excuse me, Excuse me, do you want me to apologize to you? I did this one day because I am trying to provide for my family and you're going to give me this piss ass. You're, I'm disrupting you. No, no. 
I, I have a value here. Now, if you want to hear about it, great. But don't tell me how busy you are. We're all busy. And the guy got real quiet. Okay, well, what do you got? You know, and he was he was in a meeting. And what pissed me off is when he said, I'm in a meeting, why'd you pick up? If you're in a meeting, why'd you take my call? And I called him on it and he didn't like it. He felt uncomfortable. And, you know, I said, no, 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 no. You're not going to beat me up. I make too many calls. So I've been where you're at. Hello. Let's let's talk like adults. And he, right. he didn't like it and nothing became of it. But I just said, look, I'm just respectfully calling you here about what we offer. Either you're interested. And by the way, I had something very nice happen today. It's about six thousand dollars worth of fun. So I was kind of happy about that. And oh, yeah. congratulations. Uh, so, well, thank you. But that's all about going through all this crap I went through and 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 just keep grinding. I, I hate, you know, people say grind. I guess it's your approach every day. How do you approach your day? I see you walk, I see you do things. So uh, when I get on the baseball field and some of these kids will come up to me now and they're in high school, hey, Mr. Gassard, how you doing? And I'm like, who the hell was that? Oh, don't you remember me when I was like you know, 10? And I'm like, oh my God, he's a grown man now. Or they'll tell their dad, hey, he's like, well, I'm not gonna give my age, but you know, you can do the math. I was born in 56. So they're going, he's out here doing this with us, man. And they're like, hey, you're cool, man. I like you, you're cool. And uh, they know my sons. Uh, the other night I did a high school game and that team knew my younger son because I teased him. I said, hey, Teddy Gassard said you can hit better than that. And they said, oh, my God, it's <laughs> Mr. Gassard back there. I said, yeah, it's me. Ooh, the legend. The no, legend. Not, not me. Yeah, but, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Hey, I got a weird question for you that I didn't know I was going to ask you. And you can choose to ignore the question. Sure. Or not, but as an umpire, have you ever had any parents or anybody come up to you and go, hey, you want a little extra franklin in your pocket for calling a different play no no Good. not that Good. i i've had more Good. than more than one come up and want to kick my you know what well you and, can say uh, anything on the show you know me yeah well kick my ass that's what they said and and i kidding i know well you're a kick-ass guy but you know i told the guy and this guy was probably like about six two big black dude and i said well i'm parked right there so it ought to be a fair fight because i'm about twice your age and uh, everybody just like howled. He just shook his head and said, look, man, I, you know, I was just upset. He came up and talked to me later on. I said, I know that. But, uh, you know, job. that's got to be, I didn't even think about that. I mean, I, no, I yes. Parents uh, you, getting like this you, you and your partner, trust me, <clears throat> always walk together on these tournaments to your vehicles together. Because I've had it happen more than once. I've had people threaten my partner. I had my partner pushed in a game and we had to get the police to get the man escorted from the game. So Ooh. yeah. Ooh, that's crazy. That's crazy. No, that's insane. But, yeah, but that's getting back to your question, um, I just learned that mental toughness and then you're going to laugh. <laughs> I call him Warden Wayne. My dad was tough, but uh, you know, the, the quotes he always used to throw at us like, he taught me about accountability, you know, can't ain't an option. I mean, he always used to tell us that. And, you know, when you're young, you're like, well, what the hell is he talking about? Or stop telling me what you can't do and show me what you can do. Get off your ass and get cracking. And, and all those little sayings, or if I have to, I'm going to ride your ass like Zorro. I know everybody's <laughs> probably laughing out there. Um, ride your ass like Zorro. Most people are going, who's Zorro? 
I know, I know. <laughs> and I digress. I'm sorry. I'm showing my age. Ooh. But these are things that I, I went through growing up. And uh, my dad was a stickler, man. He was a disciplinarian. And he came from a family of nine. My grandfather at the age of 10, his childhood was raped because his father was killed in a mining accident. The only way they keep the house is Jacob, my grandfather, had to work in the mines as a breaker boy, which is picking slate out of coal. So imagine that. And you watch your dad being drug up on the porch and they drop him there. And then later that day, they say, hey, if you want to keep this house right over there is a breadwinner, we could use him in the mines. So we all come from somewhere. And, you know, my dad, uh, you know, he's from that greatest generation, went through a depression, uh, fought in two wars, uh, one uh, World War Two, the other Korea. Uh, mm -hmm. And he's seen a lot of dirt, so to speak. And one day he talked to me about it and it was brief and I didn't want to probe anymore. I asked him a couple questions and, you know, he didn't ask to go and do that. And, you know, that's why I guess my dad's outlook and on things kind of rubbed off me on certain things about being accountable and responsible and taking care of your family. And that's something he stressed to me that a family is very precious and you have yeah. to look after it, guard it. Uh, Cause you do take it for granted, Chris. And I think you don't mean to, we we're all guilty. Hey, I'll, I'll be the first one. I, I take my wife sometimes for granted. Sometimes I'll get her a cup of coffee when she's in the heat of the moment teaching, give her a kiss on the cheek, you know, kiss her on mm -hmm. the cheek and, you know, she'll say, Hey, thank you. And, you yeah. know, that seems so simple, but all those like little things, uh, and I kind of learned that from my mom. My mom was such a, a, a grand lady. Uh, she was a Rosie the Riveter back in her day. But uh, no one didn't didn't like Betty. I mean, everybody loved Betty. Betty was cool. And, uh, you know, what can I say? That's kind of where I evolved from, all that craziness. Yeah. I mean, and so, so you, so you went through that period in 2008, 2009, mm -hmm. you and your wife, you know, figuring things out, you're hustling and doing all these different positions. What was the breaking point to kind of get you out of that, out of that situation where you could look back and go, um, uh, what was the point in your life where you look back and go, okay, wow, I'm really glad that happened because it made me so much stronger in these other areas. I, I think when I realized, uh, I, that's a great question. After I went through it, and things started happening for me, you know, like I had some pseudo real positions, so to speak. I was very appreciative. And um, the one position I had, I really enjoyed. It was uh, selling platforms, uh, technology, you know, in the construction industry. But unfortunately, you know, their finances were so-so and they had to let some people go. And when you're the last guy in, you're usually the first one out. But listening to people bitch every day about how many calls they had to make and and uh, just a bunch of things. And uh, I, I would sit there and be mesmerized. Now, these are people half my age. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody, but no, I would listen to either. them. Excuse me, piss and moan. And I would go, good Lord, do you know what the alternative is? I have friends right now that are trying to figure out how to make a mortgage payment. You have a job. What mm -hmm. is the problem here? Come on, man. There, and I know people that have, I, I just found out one of my good friends, uh, he has cancer. I mean, it could happen to me. You know, you just don't know. Uh, a lot of things mm -hmm. come down the choo choo track. 
And uh, that's how my mom went. And I saw my dad go, uh, you know, and it's life is so precious. And I guess you answer. I'll answer it. That's how, because I'm accountable for me. I'm accountable for my wife, my my two children. It's my responsibility. And like my grandfather said, I created that, you know, because I wanted to marry my wife, obviously, because I loved her. And then we had children. So, yes. And that, and I'm not asking for the government to throw money at me. I'm just asking for a equal shot and an opportunity. And but there are people out there looking for that extra check or looking for whatever. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people hurting. I am right. sensitive to that. And there's some damn good people out there hurting. And there's other people taking and abusing the system, too. So it goes mm -hmm. on both sides of the fence, I think. And and you got to be accountable for you. You looking in the mirror. I thought about this one day. And do you really like what you see? You, and this probably is very profound to you because you got you talk about it indirectly, directly on your show all the time. And that's what I learned. Like, hey, I do like me. I'm a good person but stuff's still going to happen to me. And it's a matter of how I handle it. And some people have a problem dealing with it. Mm -hmm. What do you, why do you think that is? Why did, why did, why are some people like you and that are, that are going to figure it out and go over it or go through it. And some people are just like, uh, retreat, retreat. I can't figure this out. I'm going to be a victim. I mean, obviously I, I mean, I know the answer to that, but what is your, what is your take on that? I mean, that's why I asked you before, were you anything special? Because I get no. people telling me, even myself, they say, Chris, you're an anomaly. I'm like, I'm not an anomaly. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I was a kid that was told I was stupid half my life when I was a kid. I mean, right. I, I'm the guy that keeps going and it's so crazy, Mark, because I've talked to so many people in the last six months. I mean, more people in my life about serious subjects than I ever have before. Right. And it's crazy that everybody has in common, the people that the fact they just don't stop, they don't give up. They don't stop. They keep going. What is it I'm going to try to do next? I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. I know so many people who've gone through 15 businesses, failed at every one and did the 16th one and became massively successful. What is that difference? And, and I'll use my brother-in-law as an example. He told me one day that the difference between me and most people and my brother-in-law who passed, but he was one of those millionaire type guys. He said, I look at ways to create opportunity. And I guess with me, that's how I'm approaching this. Like when I first started doing this live thing, you know, like, I'm like, what the hell is that? You know, who's Ken Walls? What is this? So I kind of checked it out, got involved. Yeah. And, and it's a good deal. I mean, uh, I've met a lot of unique people. I met you, I, I mean, through live streaming. And that's why I call people streamers that do it. It takes guts to get on here and do what you're doing right now. Uh, you're looking at a camera. Uh, Mark Rodriguez calls it uh, public speaking on steroids. But to answer your question, what made me drive was just the way I was brought up. And I was not going to quit. The easiest thing in the world to do is quit. I mean. And I've yet to go to a quitters rally. Uh, I've yet to hear people <laughs> give me advice that have quit financially, professionally, you know. And, and the other thing, Ken, when I got involved with this, challenged me with professionals have coaches, amateurs don't. Think about that. And mm -hmm. so why do athletes have coaches? Why do uh, musicians have coaches? I have a friend of mine, Kirk Smith, a conductor. He still is being mentored. He's like 62. Why is that? You know, and that's the the hungry part of my humble. You're constantly lo looking to learn and grow and develop. 
-hmm. then on top of that, you're looking to help others and serve others. But that's, I got my eyes off me and said, hey, I can do this. I'm going to make it. It's okay. I'm going to get through it. I'm, we're not going to be destitute. And then every now and then, though, I will say this. My dad would surprise me. <laughs> How you doing? I'd say, oh, I'm doing great. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, here's a little something. You know, and I didn't ask for it. But one time, one of the last times he did that, I, I, uh, I got to tell you, I, I teared up. You know, I really did. Um, and like I said, watching my sons and they were watching me go through this, I, I'd have to go take a walk and just like let it out. You know, I didn't do it in front of them. Mm -hmm. I'm not embarrassed to say, yes, I cried. Uh, and yes, I, I prayed and, and, you know, it was, it was all that's that. Kick -ass, and, dude, that's kick-ass. Don't I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not apologizing. And, 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 uh, I think sometimes the good Lord probably looked at me and said, this is the path. And, and no, we're not going here. We're, you know, like something looks real shiny and good over here. No, you've been there. We're going here. Mark, we're so going to go here. And it's time for you to meet new people and further experience life now. That's mm -hmm. a chapter that's it's closed. And I think people struggle with that, Chris. When it's over, it's over. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it just means there's something new over the horizon. And that's how I've just learned to accept it and say, hey, man, live stream. Okay, cool. You know, who knows? The next thing could be Mark could have a podcast. Uh, the next thing, you know, I could have a lot of people out there following me. You know, I'm, yes. I'm a novice at it compared to you and other people, but I'm not intimidated because we all start somewhere. Right. You've been doing it longer. And that's the only thing that's the difference between me and you. You've been doing this longer than me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've only been doing it a couple months. But I'm not inhibited now. And someone asked me, what the hell got in you? And by doing this live stream stuff, it's really developed me as a person. And just being cognizant of, and aware of others in need, uh, others that, you know, that reach out. I mean, I don't even know these people. Hey, man, I, I saw this interview you did with such and such, or you said that, you know, I really appreciate what, you know, your comments. And I'm like, man, who the hell is this? Now, these are things Ken talked about. They said, this is what's going to happen. And you're going to have haters and you have haters and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I welcome haters. I love haters because <laughs> some of my haters told me, what the hell are you doing at your age doing this? Some of, you them, me that. some of them live where I grew up in that small little town and that's okay. Uh, they have, they have a right to their opinion. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. You wish them well. Good luck. If that's working yes. for you, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kick right. ass. If you want to retire and retire from money. life. And, and some of them do. They're retired. I get it. And I don't begrudge you that. But I know people that are retired that are very active in, mm -hmm. in their communities, you know, and they're, and they're not just taking shots. Say, hey, we went here. We did that. We did this. Their, their type of retirement. These people I know. Hey, uh, I'm offering my services at uh, uh, Veterans Affairs or something like that. Or, or there was a, this event. They wanted a public speaker. I helped the range through my business, previous business contacts for the rotary or, you, you know what I'm trying to say? They're doing things and they're not just, and I'm not begrudging people travel and enjoy their life. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I would ask them, what exactly does that mean at your age? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Robert, I, Robert, Robert, yeah. I, I know. That. And, and, and that's where the age is just a number thing. And I, I refuse, I'm going to Glenn, Glenn Morshower 
shared something with us and he said, I'm going to play till the, till I get, what was it? I'm, um, I'm looking, Oh, play all the way to the grave is what he said. Play yep. all the way to the grave. And that's going to be me until I can't go. Then I guess that's it. You know, then there's no more left because eventually your body is going to, you know, start having difficulties and there'll be issues. And yeah, I'm aware of that. So that's why my clock's ticking and I want to be, be in the now and keep moving forward. Yes. Yes. Um, Mark, your, your message is so inspirational and I know that you have a passion for music. So what, sure. what few songs would be the soundtrack to your life? So, oh my God. So pick, so pick a couple of songs that would be, that would, would that would, that would speak to your journey in life. What you've just said to me, since I know you're a music guy, what what songs come to mind that like encapsulate some of the things that you've been through? You, you, I'm not I'm not dead, but I'll tell you, I I always like that Frank Sinatra thing, "My Way." Uh, if you really listen to the words on that, yep. Uh, some of his music is really profound uh, from from a lyrical point and and the meanings. Uh, and then if you want to take a look at some. Um, I don't know. There's there's probably some tunes there, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire related. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, I can't no think. Name. Excuse me. Went through the desert on a horse with no name. No, you talking about <laughs> bread or something, man? America? Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Uh, what's it? Ho uh, oh, what's that tune? You everybody knows it. It's kind of a. Isn't it funny how you get on camera and you can't remember oh, shit? Was it? It's called Halls of Fire, I think. Is that the name of it by Earth, Wind, and Fire? Correct me. Uh, if I'm you not, listen I to the I love Earth, Wind, and Fire, but I'm not very good at remembering who the, right. what their songs are, except for their major hits. Right. That, that's right. one. Uh, and and if you look at, there's so many uh, rock tunes. I mean, geez, I could pick. I like the Eagles. You know. Uh, mm -hmm. My my man there, uh, oh geez, Joe Walsh. He sang yeah. it. He made it popular. Uh, in the Watching city, in yep. the city. Yep. That one. That that one kind of sticks out. Not that I lived in the city, but if you listen to it, uh, you know those words. That was that was like Road Warriors or something. That weren't they? Wasn't that a tune for in that movie? I guess. Oh but, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Robert says, "How about uh, Fire and Rain' by James Taylor? Yeah, that's a good one. Fire and yeah, Rain. Yeah, no, that, that is that's a goodie. Against the Wind. That's another one by uh, Bob Seger. Yeah, if you keep great. throwing them, Teresa, I'll, I'll it'll come to my brain. I'm having an aneurysm. You know, when you no, get past sixty, I've never had one of those on my show. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, says Gloria Gaynor. I will survive. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Cool. Yeah, let's see. What the else? Boss, what Western you, what Skies document, Netflix. I'm looking at some of these that are coming up. Yeah, that's cool. What's the Boss Western Skies document on Netflix? What's that? Is that a is that a documentary or something? Not um, rock. My last wife wouldn't let me listen to it. <laughs> well, I hope that's why she's your last wife. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Let me just I say mean, that right here and right now. I mean, nobody's going to tell you me. Had, what you put me on on the spot, but I will tell you. If you ask me about a jazz dude. musician, I, I will tell you this, and, and I talk about this in Mark's message, be a Miles Davis and have some swag. Uh, I'm not saying everything Miles Davis did was right, but he did not take bullshit from anybody. And uh, 
you know, that's a, that's a, a great question. Who are some of your, your heroes and your mentors besides Miles Davis? Uh, you know, well, you know. actually, my my all time favorite, I will tell you, the greatest winner of the 21st century is Bill Russell. Wow. I, I told you that story. I saw him play. Not mm. that I didn't like Will, even though I lived in Pennsylvania, but to actually get to see him. And if I ever could interview someone, I would like to talk to him because he talks about winning and work focusing and operating as a unit, as a team. And, uh, you know. And he he was a parent when it wasn't popular, a single parent in the 60s and raised a daughter. Think about that. And if you read the book, they read he didn't know how to talk to her because he won custody of of this of his child. So now he had to figure something out. How can we communicate? They would read the newspaper and, and talk about articles hmm. and, and, and current events. Wow. So. And he's a very deep thinker. I didn't realize how deep. Uh, yeah. th that's that's one. Obviously, Ali. There, there's there you yeah. go. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I, and I never got to see him in the flesh, but uh, that's back in my era. There, there's mm -hmm. a guy right there. And you Love know, you could, you could go to like, uh, you know, Johnny Unitas. I'm really going to date myself. Who the hell's that? Probably somebody saying. Um, do you know who he is? I've heard of it. Heard I of know. Him. I know. He's a quarterback. <laughs> okay. Uh, he he kind of instituted the two minute drill. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew I, I knew his name sounded familiar, but I wasn't sure if it was a cartoon right. or a football player. Right. And then my sons and I get in this dissertation over Jordan and LeBron and who's better and all that. And mm -hmm. what what whether you like Michael Jordan or not, now you talk about mental toughness. I mean I and, and I think there, there's, there's something to learn from that. Um, Derek Jeter, you know, there's another guy I totally respect the way he handled himself, conducted himself like a true professional. Then, then there's like, uh, you know, uh, I'd have to say there's a, uh, classmate of mine, Thomas Wilkins, uh, and Thomas, if you're listening out there, he is a conductor. And if I'm not mistaken, the Boston pops, wow. Uh, he went to school with me at Shenandoah University. At, at that time, it was Shenandoah College Conservatory of Music. But Thomas, uh, his mom was on welfare. Uh, and you wouldn't think, and Thomas is African-American, uh, you wouldn't think that that would happen. Um, and Kirk Smith, who I interviewed a couple weeks ago, same deal. Uh, and they don't use that or as an excuse. They're no BS type people. They're, I remember them. They were very or goal oriented, driven, and you know, they took care of business. Mm. Well, actually, uh, Shane's got some, uh, little known fact. Johnny Unitas is part of the NFL logo. Yes. Wow. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Pretty neat. Pretty neat. Well, we're coming up on our time, Mr. Music man. Mr. Mark. Um, so my final question to you is something I've been asking people recently. It's been very engaging. So I give you a microphone to the world. You have one minute. What do you tell the world right now? The world is listening to Mark Gasser. You got Mark's message right here. Okay. What are you going to do to get, get the people through what's going on right now? Right now I would tell, you know what I tell them every day, be a leader, be a friend, be a service, get your eyes off you and look to serve others. Um, Stop thinking about what you want. I know this sounds kind of cliche-ish and try and help people get what they want. And uh, I think if people approached it that way, 
uh, Chris, and I'm being very serious in a team mm -hmm. concept, it can't always be about I win, you lose, you right. know, or, mm -hmm. or I have bigger, more toys than you do. I will say, though, you do owe it to yourself to be successful because then you can do some things when you have those dollars and cents, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. And don't apologize for it. I, I because it just motivates me to, hey, if Chris did it, I can do it. You know, that type of thing. And maybe I don't get a gajillion dollars, maybe only get a million, but that's okay. You know, it, moving up that food chain and. It's all about that constant progression. Now, I mean, Darren Hardy, the, the, uh, the editor for uh, success magazine, he wrote a book called the compound principle. And for a while it was one of my highest, my high highest recommended books right now. It's the, the great leap or the big leap, whatever's behind me, the big right. leap. Um, but yeah, the compound principle, because so many people get caught up in the, oh, I want the big thing and all that big thing is going to take forever. But if you just sit there and do one, I call it needle mover. If you do one needle mover a day, you figure if you, if you haven't been doing any needle movers at all, and you do one thing that moves the needle toward the progression of where it is that you're going, right. 365 needles is going to be paramountly uh, greater than what it is. It's going to be, if you just sit there and bitch piss them on, as it's using your words out of this, but right. you know, I mean, that, that, that message to everybody is great. I mean, it, it goes along with your story. It goes along with your tenacity. It goes along with your grit. It goes along with the fact that you're like unstoppable, like, okay, let's figure this out. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to be, you know, right. uh, uh, humble. I think I said humble. Um, to be able to, to bounce back from those situations and become stronger. And I, I thank you for sharing the story on the show because that's, that's inspired so many people. I could see them already commenting here, um, in being able to, uh, in being able, oh, you have the compound book principle. Yeah. Or the compound principle book, but right. uh, where can people get a hold of you and, and catch your daily podcast or your daily? Show? Uh, well, what they can do is if you're Facebookers, Mark's message, it's out there. Uh, you can just, uh, Friend me on Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn. You can get me at Sales Concepts. Uh, you can Google that and uh, you'll find me there. Uh, you know, if you want to go to, to salesconcepts.com, you can connect with me that way. If you want to talk to me about sales training, but that's not why I'm here. Uh, yeah, look at that. See, he's got it. Look at the, look at the man. I'm a so, pro. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's another thing. I, I like that because you are helping people and, uh, you know, you're customizing, a a solution, you know, to that individual's, you know, want and need. And I, I think it's a lot of fun. It's a challenge, but it's mm -hmm. fun. And, and today was, uh, you know, we were dealing with this two brothers that had their own company and they just said, yeah, let's do it. And the next thing you know, we're talking credit card and Amex and, Boom. You know, it's crazy. Oh, <laughs> it's not yeah. supposed to work that way, but it did. You know, it's just kind of weird. Why is it not supposed to work? That no, way? I'm, te I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Yeah. Anyway, you can get it. it, just show up and follow your heart. Mark, thank you so much. I'm going to have you back on the show. I want to talk more about music, you know, but uh, everybody came. Oh, here no, me. we'll have to let me know. And then I'll be better prepared oh, to no, talk no, about no, the no, music no, thing. And that Come on. I'm a walking jukebox. I could talk about it anytime. You better go brush up your skills, buddy, because I'm going to call you out. All right. Thank All you, right. Hey, hang out backstage for just a second. I'm going to close out Thank the show. You. Right? Thank you, brother. I appreciate you being here. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, there we have just under an hour of an amazing conversation with Mr. Mark Gassert talking about how to overcome bad situations, how to overcome self-limitations, how to overcome conquering your identity that you've had for so many years in a particular trade or a particular organization like I experienced. 
you know, think about where it is that you're in, in your life. Are you comfortably miserable? Are you in a situation where you've got a great job, you have a great paycheck, but you're not happy. You're not fulfilled. You have to put on a different mask every day to go be somebody different because you can't be who you are at work. You can't be who you are at home. You know, listen, life is short. Like Mark said, and the fact that things are going to come your way, we have something that's going on right now in the world that is very unlike anything ever I've ever seen, especially here in the United States, but we're all going to get through it. You know, we're all strong. We all have to have the focus and the tenacity to say, listen, I just posted it earlier. It's like, if you have a problem, don't run away from it. You run to it. Right. And as my friend Scott would say, you have to sit there and put your head down, run into it. What are you going to run away from your problems for? What are you going to run away from and lie to yourself about your own problems? I see people. I'm like, why are you lying to yourself? You're actually lying to yourself thinking that you're actually going to convince yourself that something is, is actually not true or true. That's ridiculous. If you have a problem, if you know that something is bugging you, then you got to fix it. You have to fix it. Like Mark said, you have to take responsibility for your actions. You have to take ownership from where it is that you are. If you're watching this right now and you're feeling helpless and you're feeling like a victim, I don't know how long you've been watching me, but Jesus, I've been doing these, these, these lives, uh, for quite some time now and including the walk and talks and the Friday night shows, you know, you have to get out of your own way. You have to go to the accountability mirror and say, literally, I'm not going to fucking do it anymore. I'm not going to lie to myself. I'm not going to put a mask on the figurative mask of that. I'm going to go pretend I'm not to be somebody I'm not this. We're all having this experience in our life right now. I believe to have a massive reset that we come out of this and we walk outside figuratively walk outside of our life and go, you know what? Yeah. I'm really grateful for everything I have. I'm grateful for that. In fact, I can go out and have a, a meal at a restaurant, not to wear a mask, you know, just be you just rock you, but you have to do the work. It's not going to be easy. If you need to lose weight, you have to start busting your ass. If you need to stop drinking, you need to bust your ass. If you need to get a better job or get more jobs or feed your family or whatever it is, you have to sell stuff. You have to get resourceful. You have to get hungry. It's not going to come to you. You're not, Oh, I wonder if the government's going to send me another check. I know those people don't watch this show, but if you know people that are doing that, they got to hustle. You know, we're sold a bill of goods. We think that life is going to get easier as we get older. Uh-uh. I'm 51. I'll be 52 in February. And my God's honest goal right now is to get in shape like I was when I was 27. I'm 52. There's no, I'll be 52. There's no reason why I can't. There's absolutely no reason why I can't. If I push myself hard enough, if I take the right supplements, if I eat the right foods between now and then it's six months, why not? I've already kept myself in pretty decent shape. Why not challenge yourself? Why not push yourself outside of your comfort zone? If you have a comfort zone, you should ditch it every single week. Do something that gets out of your comfort zone and be proud of that. Say, Hey, you know, I just did a Facebook live and I'm scared shitless of being in front of cameras. I went and talked to a bunch of people in a group. You know, I don't know if you can do that right now, but just go do things that push you out your side, your comfort zone. You can figure there's 52 weeks in a year. If you push yourself out of your comfort zone, 52 times in one year, just imagine how much confidence you're going to have next year, how much confidence you're going to have in six months, what things you thought you couldn't do two months ago in four months, you might be able to do. I've experienced that. My coaching clients have experienced that. They're experiencing it right now. They've been with me for six months and they're like, oh my God, I, I, I didn't realize how, where I was, but now where I'm at, I'm so happy because they don't have to pretend. They don't have to do that. They know that they have the tenacity and the drive to get to what they want because they know their why. So figure out what your why is. Is your why to be here and complain and, and sit there and be angry about shit that doesn't go your way? I talked about it in the beginning about expect, expectations. What are your expectations for yourself? What is your best? We can even get into that. What is your best? Anyways, thank you, Mark Gasser, for being a guest on tonight. Uh, thank you guys all for showing up here. Rona, Gabriel, Robert, uh, Shane, of course, the CEO of the Speaking to the Heart Podcast Network. And again, this is brought to you by the Speaking to the Heart Podcast Network. And also, please go check out Phoenix Radio. It's really super cool. It's a mixture of music and also some of our podcasts to keep you inspired and keep you educated in between that. So we're looking at a full service opportunity for you to keep raising your vibrations. Uh, Robert, thank you for being here. Teresa, again. Uh, Angel, so great to see you here. 
all of you guys, all you guys that are the misfits for life club, the kick-ass unstoppable club. I love you. Thank you so much. Hey, if you got somebody that should be on the show, let me know, send me a private message here on Facebook and I'll be happy to entertain them and have them on here on the show because that's what I want to bring to you every single week is that motivation, that energy, that drive, that, that opportunity for you to become better and greater than you were last week.